I've never been cool and I don't care. I'm James. And I didn't know where that quote was from, but it's all coming back to me now. My name's Keith. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and hopefully this week in the intro, you won't be all by yourself because you'll remember to include my audio. <laughs> First of all, welcome back to Sissy That Pod. We're talking about Drag Race Canada. It's Snatch Game. And if you're a regular listener to the pod and you listen to the episodes as soon as they hit your feed, you may notice the last two weeks I accidentally, in quotation marks, omitted James's audio from the intro. So this isn't a conspiracy theory. This isn't James' conspiracy theory. I'm not trying to cut him out. They were definitely just accidents. But that's what I'll trust you. I'll trust and believe. You know, you don't want to cut the talent out. Before I finish the editing, I'm going to think twice and make sure that you're in. <laughs> what an episode. Snatch Game, Celine Dion, Reading Challenge. Wow. No, I know. that was, This was jam-packed. I did, like, Drag Race Canada just gets better and better and better every week. And I think that, like, even we're seeing now with the hosts are kind of, like, coming into their, like, own, like, understanding their roles a bit better. We're, like, definitely, I think Brooke was, like, up to her game this week. I love Stacey McKenzie. And not only was the episode good, we had a wonderful guest this week in the form of Lee, of William Lee Adams, founder and creator of Weeby Blogs, which is a Eurovision blog. He's a Eurovision YouTuber. And he's just such good fun. He really is. Cultural commentator extraordinaire. So, like we said, a lot to talk about. So, let's welcome to the pod, William Lee Adams. William Lee Adams, founder of Weeby Blogs and queer cultural commentator. Thank you for joining us on the show. How have you been enjoying Canada's Drag Race thus far? Well, first, let me say I'm enjoying Sissy That Pod so far. <laughs> this name is the most original podcast name I've heard like ever. So, welcome to you, The check is in the post. Thank you very much. <laughs> SE58NZ. <laughs> In terms of Canada's drag race, you know, as an American, it's so funny because we grow up thinking of Canada as like the 51st state, this mysterious place just north of the border. You know, mm. they speak a bit slower, they're a bit more open-minded, but ultimately people have the stereotype that Canada's boring. And you know what? These queens are blowing that up because Canada mm. is serving. I like how the show is a bit, like, it's a humble take on the American version, which has become very glitzy, very glam. But I think sometimes when you have too much money, you lose your soul. And the American version, while I love it, and I'm not hating on Rue or her queens, I just think Canada brings a lot of heart. You know, it's like we saw in the British version. There's a lot of warmth to it. And the queens, yeah. while they're bitchy on the surface, they do care about each other. It's, it's quite sweet. They're always going on about the Toronto queens, you know, showing up. <laughs> but so far, they've been falling like ducks. <laughs> yeah. uh, before we get into this week's episode, though, William, where can people find you, find Wee Wee blogs, content, all that sort of stuff? Thank you so much for asking. Your check <laughs> is in the post. <laughs> if you're into Eurovision, please follow Wee Wee Blogs. That is two Gs, Wee Wee Blogs. Um, it's on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, and then I'm William Lee Adams on Instagram. The pictures, the dropping like is hot, so do give me a like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's like a perfect place for all Eurovision fans to get their content because you guys had so much content up even this year when there was no Eurovision. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, today, this year was really hard, you know, not having anywhere to go because you work all year. We had all these parties and events planned for Eurovision. <laughs> then it's all taken away, but we are alive. We are healthy and we will slay from home and stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that the most important thing to mention is that, like, you know, we can really rely on you to provide us some interesting thing around performances because of your appearance in this year's Eurovision movie as well. You, oh, you, you you'll give us a snatch game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was really hard to play a half Asian gay American Eurovision lover, <laughs> but I just tried to reach into my soul and channel myself when I said, "Call the police! Our girl is killing it." <laughs> Okay, let's get into this week's episode. It kicks off after Tainomi Banks' elimination. And there's a sort of feeling in the workroom, sort of voiced by Priyanka and Rita, that she was a really big competition and they all sort of feel one step closer to the crown now that she's gone. Yeah, you know, her as competition, maybe in real life, but I think what you bring to the show is something completely different. Mm-hmm. And she just fell flat consistently in the challenges. Mm. I was like, they keep talking about you as Queen of Toronto. Well, Toronto yeah. must not be that amazing because you are not yeah. so... And- <laughs> Toronto, oh no, she better don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that that's exactly it, though. There's the... Um, Obviously, these these girls all know each other and they walk in each other with like a, a sort of a, a list in mind of like, well, this person is amazing. And it is about what you bring to the show because it's like queens like Lemon who maybe don't seem as well known who are just turning it out on the actual show. And Tainomi walked in with this massive reputation and just couldn't find her groove. Mm. Yeah, it reminds me of Mayhem Miller in the American edition because she's like, oh, I'm the queen of New York. But again, she never delivered, not even on All Stars. I think Tainomi often looked unfinished on the runway. Like her last look, it was blue and yellow. I thought she had a Swedish flag around her neck for some reason. (laughs) But it was like a a cheap party favor. It was not fashion. Mm. No, it's like if Ikea started doing Halloween costumes. (laughs) (laughs) Or toy soldier costumes. Now, so we knew this week was going to be Snatch Game. We knew this week had a Celine Dion runway. We were living for it. We did not know that there was also, on top of that, going to be a reading challenge. The best bitty challenge of all. Oh, it was good. And it was great to see some of the girls actually have personality. Like Lemon. When I see Lemon, all I see is Mandy Moore. Do y'all remember Is all I can see. And Mandy Moore is very flat, very sweet. Um, but Lemon, she's a little acerbic. You know, she, she's a tart and she's sour. And I really like her. <laughs> you see, I, whenever I see Lemon, I just see like US frat boy kind of look. Ooh. So whenever I get like, you know, when I see how well she's in the Snatch Game, I'm surprised. So I'm, like, I'm not really expecting that from her. I'm just kind of expecting her to look pretty and look cute and get some train. That's kind of it. So she's really like taking, you know, see, pulling it out of the bag. She gives me this, like, call me by your name, summer, summer sunshine. I feel like I'm in Italy. She's so beautiful. Everything about her sparkles. Uh, and and to be funny as well. Oh, I'm, I'm just, in love with I'm lemon. Just, I'm just trying to replace that peach scene and call me by your name with a lemon and how, like, more of a different vibe. Yeah, I know. Now, now that I think about it, like, that is a strange <laughs> comparison for me to have drawn. She had one of the best lines when she said, 
Priyanka, you talk about sex, but the only thing you're fucking is stupid. I yeah. thought that was so clever and not what I expected because, you know, I watch the show before I go to bed. So sometimes I fall asleep if it's boring. And I just remember her previously being like, I'm a dancer. I lived in New York. And it was getting a bit mm -hmm. one note. And so in this uh, reading challenge, you know, La Bibliothèque opened and she <laughs> yeah. So I was happy to see that. D yeah, definitely. And I think she also took the reads quite well when Jimbo called her lemon on top but a crusty bottom. And she just kind of was really embracing it. It was really fun to see. Who disappointed you, William? Oh, mm. okay. So I thought Jimbo was funny for mm. sure. But it felt rehearsed. I don't know, Jimbo, what I love about Jimbo is the spontaneity, the kind of boom, bam. But when he was delivering his lines, it, yeah, it just didn't hit, it didn't stick for me. Oh, Kiara. Mm. So she's just kind of disappointed me generally because she looks mm -hmm. amazing, but then I never remember her. But I was pleased she had one line about Boa being an exercise That was ball. good. That That's was funny. <laughs> so she had a redeeming moment. <laughs> Uh, I think that this entire episode wasn't great for Priyanka mm. and the reading challenge just didn't. And she is such a likable and funny queen. And, and it's like one of these queens who's just, the talking heads are amazing. Her performance has been amazing. And I think she needed this dip maybe to like launch her on for the rest of the competition. But I was expecting more for her in the reading challenge. I thought that she was going to be funny. Yeah. And then Rita did the, the big dick move of reading the host as well by reading Brooke, which I thought was very good. I think that was the funniest line in the whole Seriously, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was. It was really, really funny. I, I love that. I actually really enjoy. I enjoyed Brooks hosting the whole thing, like the way she was kind of like giving them like in the moment feedback, mm. kind of like that wasn't very funny, <laughs> yeah. now was it? Like Rude doesn't really do that. She's just going to stand there and watch. Whereas I think that having Brooklyn standing there and kind of reading the queens who were failing was really funny, or even like patronizingly kind of being like. Oh, well done. <laughs> when someone would do something. I was like, I love that. That was my favourite part mm. of the challenge. <laughs> Brooke has really been growing on me the last few weeks. I think she's really sort of coming into her own as a host. So it's kind of good to see, I think. And can we talk about this quickly? I think that she needs to be the head judge every week. This is a drag show. This is about representation. Mm. A drag queen should be at the centre of it. And one of the issues I have with the show is that you have this revolving cast of judges. It's fine for them to be on the panel, but like let Brooke the actual drag queen who does this for a living and as an art be the ultimate expert this is one reason jeffrey boyer chapman annoys me is he ain't a drag queen y'all yeah and so, yes he can act and yes he can host and well allegedly and do some other things but he's <laughs> a drag queen lemon wins the reading challenge we all agree with that? Yeah. Uh -huh. Deserve. Let's move on. Then there's a walkthrough with, with Jeffrey. This illustrates why he's not necessarily good for this role. Scarlett Bobo. I thought her friend Drescher was excellent. It sounded just like Fran Drescher. She caught the kind of gay icon, you know, the mm. fag hag thing that we love about Fran Drescher. And he's like, oh, who else? And then she does Liza really well again. And he's like, mm, you're playing it safe by doing something you're good at. I'm like, no, that's called playing as smart. But also, I this is the thing. It says RuPaul, when RuPaul does the Snatch Game walkthrough, potentially has been prepped by the, the producers, but also does seem to like like have like a, an encyclopedic knowledge of like older pop culture. So when he walks up to say Alexis Mateo and Alexis Mateo is like, I'm going to do this rando. Walter um, Mercado, right? Walter Mercado. He's like, oh my God, living amazing. Is able to give like in the moment, like feedback about kind of like what this person would do and really seems to know and understand the characters. Jeffrey Boyd Chapman, I don't think knew who, I don't believe knew who any of the people were, or if he did, it was kind of just like, oh, I heard about them because, you know, like, like Liza Minnelli, 
Like, and I, this is the thing as well, I suppose. If you're going to do someone like Liza Minnelli for Scarlet Bobo, it needs to be someone that hasn't been done to perfection on the show before. And even though the Canadian one is a different one, but like Alexis Michelle's Liza Minnelli from season nine was probably as perfect as it's going to get. So if you're going to go out there, you know, you want to bring something that hasn't been done. So I think Fran Drescher, but basically I don't believe that. I also that think he knows Rue knows the aspects of something you need to do a good impersonation of them. And I'm not sure if Jeffrey does. Jeffrey's more of an actor rather than a comedic impersonator. So I'm not sure like if he hears Liza, like does he know what, what you need to hit to actually do a good job? It's funny, we talk about impersonation and I think he, Jeffrey, impersonated at least three people during his walkthrough. <laughs> <Badly. laughs> First, he goes, make me laugh. I was thinking you're not yeah. Rue. And then he says, I like where you're going. Um, make it work. You're not Tim Gunn. You know? And then he's like, bye. And I'm like, you're not Alaska. But he, when he doesn't have something to say, he just kind of references another TV host yeah. uh, character. It's a little irritating. And he also cruises every contestant when he walks away. He does this thing with his eyes where he's like, make me laugh and looks up and down. And it's a bit leering. And I know he's not being like sexually aggressive, but it just comes off as a bit weird. Yeah, there's, even on the like when he's sitting on the judging panel on the runway, the way he sometimes does his look, I think like is he trying to do like a sultry, sexy look, or is he trying to do kind of like a I see you? But it all feels very it, it, uncomfortable. There's a moment though when he's talking to Lemon, and Lemon's talking about, oh, I kind of feel like I've lost my momentum. And she kind of opens up vulnerability wise, and he kind of drops the facade, and it's the Jeffrey Boyer Chapman you see from Drag Race US. And, he, I, and I was like, you know, this is the Jeffrey we want, the Jeffrey who's comforting the queens, who's like speaking himself. So it's just kind of funny. And then he's back mm. over the Jimbo and like, it's back up again. He's work girl. Like, yeah. 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 When he's kind of, he does this facial expression and I don't know if he's being sexy or has indigestion. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's contorting his face and yeah, and then you see yellow eyeshadow. He doesn't need makeup. Like his no. his clothes give him the accent, the pow, the pop. And then he threw on makeup on top of it. It's like, you're not here to show up to mm. Queens. You're yeah. here to judge the Queens. And actually, I suppose like in, in terms of like what it is he brings to the competition, he's like a working actor who's been trying to make it in like an entertainment world. He can relate to the fact that these are people who are like workhorses that are having to put in so much effort to kind of get to where they want to go, that this means an awful lot to them. He'll understand that. So he could... He could actually be like a really, like, he could relate to them on a really real level if he chose to, rather than trying to kind of like elevate himself up. And like a lot of his criticisms, yeah. even in the in the run through and then on the main stage, they, they feel like just sort of designed to be kind of, I don't know, little Facebook or little like GIF mm. comments that people will be able to shadily send to each other and stuff. It's not really about trying to build up the queens. I, I don't know. And Canadian Drag Race, you like expect it to be, have a bit more heart and warmth than the American one because that's just the, I suppose what you would kind of think of when you think of the, the difference between Canada and America. And also like, that's a, there's a solid read on America there. I'm sorry. You're cold hearted. I'm leaving now. The same way we got a runway walk tutorial from Stacey. I was wondering, were we going to be getting like a how to get into character tutorial with Jeffrey, which would have been more interesting than him trying to be fake say true north fierce and strong but keep it real <laughs> keep it real as well you know what i love that you were talking about canada the warmth you know maple syrup sweet that's what you expect yeah. but with him the syrup's a little sour mm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little lemon squeezed in there oh poutine gravy salty baby <laughs> okay let's go into snatch game this is the first time in the franchise history that snatch game has a red carpet is it just to give tracy melcher a job 
Probably. I loved it. I thought it was so fun. Now, was she, remind me, was she cast as like the ally or the friend of the drag race? The squirrel friend. The squirrel friend. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she's excited to be there. I'll give her that. And she's certainly, (laughs) when the camera's on her, she's certainly smiling and making the most of it. So I applaud. (laughs) Some of the contestants should take a note from her. When the ca- I'm talking about Kiki, yeah. Yara. When the camera's on you, pull a Stacey Melshore and like, you know. <laughs> Project. <laughs> um, no, I liked it as like a clever way of doing like the intro thing. It was like a like, e sort of red carpet moment before they go in. I, I just thought it was fun. I thought it was fun too. It set Priyanka up for a big fail because in the red carpet, Priyanka was brilliant. You know, she's doing Lady Cleo and she's like, the odds are in my favor for the low price of $3.99. You got some money in there. And she points to Stacey's cleavage. And I was like, okay, Priyanka's going to be on point. Mm. Yeah. And it went south real fast. Do, do you know, actually, that, that is absolutely right because you you got the biggest laugh from her on the red carpet. Well, her and, and Jimbo as well. And you kind of think, oh, well, this is a setting these two up to be the kind of the top two of the week. And you... You, you, you're you waiting to see what they're going to do and then you're like Jimbo knocks it out of the park and Priyanka just flatlines uh, so let's get into the actual Snatch Game itself I, are you familiar with Colin and Justin William? I had no clue who they were and then I was going to Google but I was like oh it's not worth so it so they used to be they used <laughs> to have this interior design show over in the UK um I can't remember what it was called. One of them went into I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and then they disappeared. Turns out they've been in Canada for the last 10 years. That's where they disappeared to. Uh, no, it's, it's interesting because we had the gaze on a couple of weeks ago and you guys were talking about Colin and Justin and you were really excited about th- them being on and I had no idea who it was. But then the second I saw them, I was like, oh, those guys! <laughs> I remember them. Yeah, they were in that like ma- that like bubble of makeover TV shows that existed like with Trini and Suzanne and all that. I don't know. I don't know. Did that, did that makeover interior design craze happen in the US? So the craze happened, but they did not. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> but, but they, had, they had a UK equivalent thing uh, as well. And it was, kind of, it was quite low budget. Like they'd go, they would go into like kind of, you know, very ordinary people's houses and do sort of small changes and have a big difference. They'd come and they put like a nice window box in your front garden and, you know, yeah. maybe like sort of. <laughs> Move the table from one side of the room to the other. <laughs> Have some sassy, sassy commentary and then that would be it. I'm like, we're, we're going to paint this wall pink. It's going to be great. And like the man being like, I don't know about that. And then they're like, don't you just love it? It's great. It's really pop the room, made them pop. <laughs> anyway, mad to see them back on our shows and to not to be in Drag Race UK, to be in Drag Race Canada. My biggest issue with Snatch Game, which I thought was good, but not the best, was I think Brooke doesn't have the same ability as Rue to make get the most out of the queens. Like I thought he came across very natural, thought very genuine laughing. But take someone like Rita Baggett, for example. If it was Rue, it'd be like, now French saunters, eat a PF, eat it. Do you have any regrets? And like set her up for an easy win. I think Brooke kind of just introduced them and was like, you go from there, which I think made it mm-hmm. more difficult for the queens to be funny. Wow, that's a very good point. I didn't think about that. I think Brooklyn is so nice that she just wants to give people free, I guess, free mm. range. And so she doesn't want to limit anyone. And so it comes from a good place. But yeah, a lot of the queens struggled without that push. Um, yeah. Oh my God, you know, you're, you can see the future. So tell us what you see, you know, yeah. <laughs> as Stacey McKenzie later said in the show, you know, tell me what they're going to say because you, you know, put words in their mouth because you know what they're going to say. There was so much she could have done and she just fell so flat to the point that I forgot she was there. Yeah, and I think she forgot she was there as well. She kind of gave up, but she kind of was like, everyone's saying these funny things and 
kind of that last time she speaks and she fails you kind of just see her sigh and like click out of the character for a bit but i think as well like and and i to like alexis mateo's walter mercado like is sort of the performance that we wanted from priyanka Mm. which was just sort of really playing with the like the the other contestants and like giving that whole like i see the future i know it's gonna like almost like oh i knew they were gonna say that like that it's such an easy laugh to guess yeah um but i I also think you're right though about about um brooke not really setting people up and i think that that probably comes from the fact that rude does seem to have like a huge knowledge of pop culture so is able to kind of reach back and pull out a weird obscure reference relating to one of the characters that they can they that that person should be prepared to be able to to bat back with well i always imagine those first ones are pre-written like chuchi uh, maya angelou what does the cage bird sing like i always imagine they're pre-written before he goes in there you know yeah I, this i think goes to the broader point of on this show my biggest issue or the place where there can be the most improvement is actually the writing if you look at the credits there are a team of writers who are tasked with writing these funny segues mm. and in mm-hmm. the american version they're always very crisp you know turn up the heat or go down in flames it's quick it's punchy yeah. whereas on this version it's always awkward like on the runway uh stacy mckenzie says Priyanka, your medium felt crossed over, which means, Boa, you are safe. It's just, it's not, I'm like, where are you going? Yes. You want the most perfect kind of, you want that like perfect, you're right, because the the writing for like the runway kind of, uh, the runway stuff and then the like, the kind of the you're safe moments, like they're so good. Like what was the one, my favorite one of all time to Peppermint is like, uh, oh God, your your Nini was a no-no, you need some new material, girl. Like that is Mm. like, so clever yeah and you don't hear them thinking whereas with this script writing you hear them thinking like the wheels are going i think at some point they say gypsy rose you should have murdered but on the runway where did you hide the body and i'm like sitting yeah. there trying to piece this and together I was in like, my head. you should have killed makes more sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> but because it's, it's, you can you can see you're like right well they had all the component parts like they had taken the stuff that had been said to her to try and put it into a joke but it just hadn't been like thought through enough to make it into something that was snappy. And so with Brooklyn in the Snatch Game, they didn't give her a script, it seems. No. And so she's just got like, you know, okay, Joan Rivers. Yeah, like Mariah Carey, <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? Like there's all these easy ones they could do. And like once you get that first joke, then it warms the queen up more. So that's my issue. Yeah. That being said, I still enjoyed it. I thought Lemon absolutely outshone the rest of see like totally embodied that girl i didn't even know of a hundred percent the only time i've seen this jojo character was on celebrity goggle box usa and it was like one minute and she was literally wearing rainbow tie-dye she had these blonde ponytails and she was doing that dance move and <laughs> it was literally the same character that lemon gave us you know this this is where lemon could mention her time in new york at ballet school because she was for me okay she was performing uh james did you think that joan rivers was mean enough yeah she had my favorite line of the whole night when boa was asked like kind of like i can't remember what boa i can't remember what it was but she was like she fucking ate or where she was asked how did she, you like, kill your mom she fucking ate her. I mean, like I, that was like I laughed out loud at that for about five minutes. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved her Joan Rivers. I thought it was extremely clever. The one thing we didn't talk about in the run through was Boa was obviously uncomfortable doing this Gypsy Rose character because she felt like it was going to be too out there, potentially offensive. Obviously, weren't worried about kind of like the sensitivities of 
talking about a murder with an ongoing inve- all this kind of stuff it felt like she was being pushed to do Gypsy Rose by the producers maybe or something because I'm like do someone else like do someone else because like Boa was such a big character I can't remember who she said her like backup character was going to be but I think it had to have been better than, than was it the Rose. Australian was was she the one Ruby, Rebel Wilson was oh that? Rebel Wilson that was bad. Yeah. Her, couldn't do an Australian accent clearly she's not an actress <laughs> 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 I think Boa could just do a really good like trash like a Snooky or something like that like a trashy reality star yeah something like that. I'd, I'd have been there for that it'd almost be like playing herself <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I love her I love her. What did you think of Bobo's Liza? Oh, she was good. You know what? She really looked like Liza. The wig was on point. I loved the wig reveal. Like Liza Minnelli Mm. is not one of my personal icons, but I think she was portrayed brilliantly and she made her funny and she interacted with Jimbo. I mean, maybe that's more about Jimbo though because Jimbo brought her in. Jimbo was very clever. And I I think it requires intelligence and confidence to bring other people into your skit so they can shine, which helps you shine. And Jimbo, as a, you know, plus age, he's a little bit older, right? He gets that and he works with it and it's brilliant. And yeah, Liza responded well to John Rivers, I thought. Yeah, like you said earlier, James, like, I don't think she had the knowledge of Liza that Alexis Michelle did and she didn't seem to have, know the lore and the iconography of Liza I think she kind of just knew how to be like I'm Liza like that's the, pretty much the extent yeah. of her joke yeah. my mother taught me how to take a drink and a bottle of pills in the same swig <laughs> yeah. I did really like her and I thought her performance had lots of energy and she was clever and good at interacting with the other contestants um, I think I like just rewatched season 9 quite recently and just have that Alexis Michelle performance like really fresh in my mind so when I was watching I was going like yeah this is good but it's not like it's not as good as that like but um she deserved I I would have said that she definitely deserved to be safe and possibly even in the in the top do you think she's better than Rita I think she definitely was better than Rita I did not guess the like absolute like insane levels of love for Rita Baga's performance I thought it was because of the the physical comedy I don't think it was that funny like she didn't have the gags but she like manifested and the bit was like that she's gradually dying and she really committed to it i think that's what was good about it she definitely committed i think if you're gonna play someone old that's dying i know it's almost a bit obvious she did do it Mm. well but like the joan rivers character was also older and you hear her you know vagina hit the floor (laughs) there was another layer (laughs) of humor It was much more dynamic. I didn't get the love either, but she looked great. I mean, she looked like she was on death's door. So well done. <laughs> it's kind of a bit like Sherry Pie's Audrey Hepburn, where it's kind of just the same joke of I'm old. Yeah. And maybe the like visual side of things would have carried it further if you'd been in the room or watched the performance from start to finish. But when you're just getting snippets here or there, you maybe you don't, you don't really, well, I didn't really notice like obviously there was like a load of um pill bottles appeared on the table around her she got more hunched over but like her actual answers weren't funny and i suppose it's snatch game when you're watching at home that's what you want the one answer i will give her that was funny is like give me my coffin back like i i i did appreciate that but i, I think that liza was better than her okay we head over to the runway okay let's do it can i say something about mary walsh quickly sure yes so i had no clue who mary walsh was they said she was a comedian She's just a life force. She came out looking like a pirate, mated with a biker, mated with a crow. I was like, she could be an extra <laughs> on like the modernist take on Game of Thrones. She was just owning her moment. And when she said, start your engines or whatever, it was just this iconic lesbian biker moment. It, yeah. 
I was filled with so much love and so much life. And this is an example of a guest judge that works because they're like truly, you know, excited and owning it. Just so much positive stuff to say. And also, I think what I've liked in with her, and I did really find this about Bedell last week as well, was that they did it their own way. They didn't walk out there and do the kind of like, I'm going to speak with the same temper as Rue and I'm going to do the arm up like Rue does. Like I was like, I'm going to just do this how I would do it. Although what I did notice about her and Stacey at some point during it, they pronounce it Sil-in. Yeah, Sil-in. Dion, as opposed, as opposed to Celine Dion. This guest host allows for this. There was great, like, queer woman energy on the stage for once, which you rarely get because any sort of queer women who were there are kind of shoved behind the desk. So that, so that was a great moment and shows more sort of diversity on screen, even if it's just for five seconds. So, Night of a Thousand Celines. We are kicking off with Boa with her Met Gala from 2019. James, what do you think? Um... I didn't like it. Okay. She looked like she was wearing an upturned mop. (laughs) I actually did quite like Like, it. I think it was her best look. I think she said better runways because they've been more concept. I think just from a non-gimmicky garment point of view, I think this is her best. I see a sea sponge with legs. (laughs) (laughs) No, but she owned it. The confidence she showed on the runway really impressed Mm. me. Definitely. The critique that she got from the judges was that, like, and actually when they showed the side-by-side with the Celine original, like, the Celine original, like, it, it, it had a lot of fringe, but you could still see the body underneath it. Whereas this was, like, this was, like, that cousin-ish thing that um, that Anastasia had worn, like, two weeks ago, kind of, like, put in drag. Like, I... I, I would have liked to see more of the body shape. But and, see, and this is the thing. I that. thought I was like, has she not dragged up the fringe and made it really big? I mean, that's one interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> How, if you were in a bar and you were chatting her up, you'd have to be like, you have beautiful ankles. <laughs> There's nothing else. I think she's the one to look at the dress. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <she's> the, you, <laughs> you have such delicate decolletage. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him there across the room and those ankles shone to me like nothing I'd ever seen before. (laughs) It was like Achilles himself had entered. (laughs) Uh, That's a heel, never mind. Um, Okay, let's move on. So next up then is Bobo with her Paris Fashion Week 2019 look. And out of all the Celine looks, this was my favourite. This finish wasn't as good as Celine's, but I mean, of course, Celine probably had millions of dollars involved there. But I liked it overall. Absolutely stunning. She looks beautiful. The makeup is on point. I love her large, expressive eyes. You mm-hmm. know, when I see her, I see Bianca Del Rio. Does anyone else Ooh, see that yeah. in the face? I yes. Do, yeah. No, I, I think that this is the best she's looked. She, she looks so beautiful. Um, and also, I think it's like the first time we've gotten a runway from her that hasn't had like some kind of like a circus-based trick going on with it. This is her glamazon moment, kind of. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's. I think she looks gorgeous. I also like. I really like the color of the hair. Yeah, she looks great. And Stacey McKenzie had the best line, a new gay has come. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that almost feels like it was natural to her and not written for her. Because you Mm. can tell when the the lines are written for them because it's awful. (laughs) But when they just go brilliant. (laughs) Definitely. Okay, Kiara Kiki is up next. And she took her look from the Courage released last year. 
Uh, I thought this was a bit plain. I think this outfit's more about attitude than look. It's very plain. I think whenever you have all black, it can kind of blend in. And so it, unless you're up close, you don't see the detail. But she does have the attitude. I actually like the ponytail, which the mm -hmm. judges were critical of. I think she was, you know, flipping it. I was seeing the lip sync. The outfit worked with madness. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. so she was going for it, but it disappears in the darkness of the stage. Yeah, I thought her face was the most beautiful face on the runway. Like, she looked stunning. And I liked the ponytail. Like, I understood, like, they were kind of saying, if you're going to do, like, a drag ponytail, it needs to be, like, Courtney Act, where you've got, like, 700 wigs all put into it so that it looks, like, real heavy. But I, I think it looked well. Um, I, I think it, this kind of ties in with all of the looks Kiara's brought to the main stage and that it's a little bit more simplistic and a, a little less kind of showy and over the top. Um, but I liked it. I thought she looked great. Cool. Rita Baggett up next now and she gave us a chairway moment and she gave us Celine Dion in Eurovision torn off then into the Tourne Incognito Tour of 88. <laughs> I was so glad we got our Eurovision reference. This was brilliant. They were harsh on her white dress but the fact I is I don't think she... they understood where it was from. Yeah. This was recreation. She literally recreated that lampshade that Celine Dion wore. <laughs> and she says explicitly, this is 90s ugly or 80s ugly realness. It was ugly, but it was perfect to her story because she actually had a story. So she was elevating. She mm. wasn't just giving you one look. She was giving you two. There was a narrative. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Based on her performance in the Snatch Game, which hadn't been great, she like get herself a redemption here on the runway. Uh, I love both of them. I thought it was really fun that we got like the Eurovision moment. Although then I was wondering like, maybe Eurovision isn't that big in Canada so no. people don't really understand that that's where Europe thinks Celine starts I think that's 100% true I was chatting to the Gazer and the Bay former guests and friends of the pod and they were like oh yeah like they won't Canada won't know the Eurovision side of Celine as a mainstream thing um so again I, I'm confident they didn't get that that was from Eurovision or even what Eurovision is or why we love it so much which is why the voiceover was clever because Rita says this is before she was famous. Yeah. So it's like a run of the mill singer trying to make it in ugly white dress meant to be fashion. <laughs> yeah. But the thing, the thing is, Celine had a career in Quebec. Like she has like number one singles before she went on Eurovision. So I suppose for, for Quebec, it wasn't before she was famous. Or, so, which is interesting. But yeah, and I think facially, I think she did the best Celine in the face. Yeah. She looks very masculine, so I don't know if I agree. But, but the eyebrows are on point. Uh, I, mean, I think that's a bad uh, picture. We're looking at the pictures on the Canada's Inst Drag Race Instagram page. She's kind of grimacing there. I kind of felt she looked the same. Because Celine doesn't particularly look too feminine. Like, she's, she's really, really thin, and she's, like, skeletal almost. Like, she doesn't have the feminine beauty. She has uh. that real sort of French chic look, and I think that's maybe that's what I, I get from it. You just outgayed me. <laughs> I never thought it would happen. <laughs> okay, let's move on uh, to Jimbo. Jimbo also gave Paris Fashion Week 2019 as well, but the more couture side of it. Uh, she looked amazing. Mm. This, is, could, this could be like a, a Cheryl Cole performance outfit, <laughs> which is the, the highest compliment I can give any garment. <laughs> In the face, it's more Gaga, I think, than Celine. But, like, I think she'd still look great. Yeah, the face mm -hmm. is very Dr. Strangelove or Slugworth from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There's a, an evil to it. I love when... There is. 
cleavage, but there's no cleavage. Do you know what I mean? There's something about this mm. chest being completely flat that I absolutely love. It's very high fashion. But th- that's Celine as well. Like Celine is so flat chested. Pass the tape, tape it down. Let's work with it. You know, <laughs> work with what you got. And I, she had the best line, Jimbo, when she said, um, I've just escaped Celine Dion boot camp and I'm here to serve fashion. <laughs> Girl. Lemon is up next with Celine's Oscar 1998 look. Um, I kind of felt the judges were a bit harsh on her. Oh no, I think they were on point. There was right? no way. Yeah. This was, she was hiding behind navy blue jersey as Stacey said. <laughs> it's like, yeah. here's a sheath of cloth. I'm going to wrap it around my waist. Done. Yeah, no, but if you're, if you're going to do this, like it's an iconic look, but if you're going to do it, you have to have padded and you have to have like cinched. You need to give yourself that shape. Mm, I do agree because, with that. Always, yeah. Because I think that like, and Lemon obviously her thing is that she doesn't cinch and she doesn't do padding and she's like a Naomi Smalls, like sort of straight up and down. But like, you can't do this dress if you're not going to go like full padded woman body. And again, you have to think about the background when you choose an outfit. And I'm sure they have some sense of the color scheme on the runway. She blends in, certainly on this Instagram picture, is blue on blue. It just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, that's true. And like she spoke about having the heart of the ocean, could have made that bigger. She spoke about that the fact that this is the, the gown that Celine won the Oscar for. Where was the Oscar in the hand? Like it definitely could have been better. I just was surprised it got read so poorly. Next up then was Ilona Burley, who wore a... a an outfit from Celine Dion's uh, collection launch in 2017. This could literally have been anyone. It looks like something the JoJo, Siwa, whoever. Lin- yes! <laughs> <laughs> this was my top boot of the week, I think. Yeah, especially when she turned around and there was that like weird sort of bit of white fabric running under her. Um, yeah, no, I didn't, lo- I didn't love this. Um, she, 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 it wasn't very Celine. The foundation of the face doesn't match the decolletage, the hair. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of different foundations going on here. And now on, on we're looking at Canada's Drag Race Instagram. Rita Baga didn't get two photos for before and after the tearaway, but Priyanka manages to because she did the uh, Celine wedding dress from 94 into the Billboard Awards from a few years ago, the golden dress, uh, which were both great looks, to be fair. Stunning. So, so stunning. Like that... The wedding dress was beautiful and then that gold, like she just looked so, like I think like with her skin and everything, like that gold just is radiant, fabulous. When she ripped off that dress, I just wanted to say, you glow girl, because the gold in the it was, she was radiating, she was stunning, she had the little microphone award. It was just so well thought out and she yeah. was, she's really a beautiful queen actually. She is. I, she could be in the Miss Universe pageant. It's She's mm. just stunning. I think that's her best runway performance, I would say, for Priyanka. Yeah, definitely. Um, and she's had strong runways right the way through as well. Mm. So, like, that's, that's, that's saying something for her. Saying something. <laughs> Say, good, good on you. <laughs> I think she's very clever. The judges cannot accuse her of lacking versatility because the first look is so, you know, refined, unclothed. You're seeing no skin, but you're still getting something. And the mm. second one, she's like, I'm going to show you my arms. I'm going to show you gold. I'm going to go bright. She's yeah. ticked all the boxes, which is what you need to do at the end when you you know you have to prove your resume. Yeah, and I thought exactly. it was clever how she threw the bouquet over her head as a temporary distraction to the judges when they're like, Oh, look at that in the air, while she was doing the tear away. So that by the time it kind of had landed, she was out and she was serving another look, which I thought was clever. So they go backstage and 
Good thing that they're not doing an Untucked for Canada this year because Alona and Scarlett were asleep. Having a nap. I thought that was adorable. That's the most Canadian thing I've ever seen. We're just cuddled up here having a snooze. Well, thank God for Jimbo. This ain't rapper room, bitch. Wake up. <laughs> he, honestly, he delivers. This was, un, it was, what was the word? Unscripted. Him being spontaneous and he shines mm. at the moment. Now, William... We were, James and I were, were speculating what Celine Dion song it would have been. What would you have chosen if you were to choose a Celine Dion lip sync song? Oh, y'all, they got this right. This was the song. Because when I think of okay. Celine, I think of, you know, big ballads, a little sappy. This was like a dance banger. You know, she she's driving all night. This queen is going to get her <laughs> man. She wants to be there across the caribou wilderness. North <laughs> <laughs> to Vancouver, Toronto, wherever you are. Coming. <laughs> And that gave the queens a lot to work with. Because if it had been, you know, my heart will go on, it's just a bit predictable. How do you make that fun? It's hard to yeah. Whereas this song gave them scope and we saw that come to life. I definitely think it was it was a good choice. It had that like, you know, naughty's gay club production to it. But we've had a good few up-tempo ones like Look at Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. A big ballad would have been good and I was so hoping for it. it's all coming back to me now personally because that just builds. I, yeah, I, I think that with the two queens who were in the bottom, this sort of more energetic song was a better choice because, hmm. like, I think if you'd had maybe, I don't know, different queens in the bottom would have been able to do more with, with, a, with a ballad. But I loved this choice. I didn't see it coming. I had, like, It's All Coming Back to Me or or All By Myself or something like that kind of as, like, what I thought it might be. But this came out of nowhere and I absolutely loved it. And also they seemed to give like the... The, the, the entire song. The lip sync seemed to get as much time as the Snatch game. <laughs> this was the highlight of the show for sure. It was oh yeah. Every moment, even the way the judges were interacting with each other down at, you know, the left end with Brooklyn and Stacey, they were just the whole time. I have it in my notes here. Stacey McKenzie is living. Um, she she just was absolutely loving every minute of it, and I, like I was too. The last couple of weeks, I've really been like, "Can we just do a double chante?" I know it's the first season, and you don't want to like start like throwing away too much. But these lip syncs on Canada's Drag Race have been amazing. They've just been so good. I I don't know if I liked the lip sync as much as the judges did. I thought Priyanka did a great job. I just thought Kiara, and you know I have a bit of a bugbear with Kiara anyway, I just don't think she captured Celine. Like, Celine won't be doing cartwheels and kicking and throwing the hair about. Like, it was, she had too much attack. Priyanka had more poise. It was more considered. It was more Celine, I think. So that's kind of why I didn't think it was as good as they were saying. I think Kiara felt so low and that she was in such a bad place. She had to pull every trick out of the book. So, you know, mm. while Celine's driving, she's doing a side split. While Celine's driving, <laughs> she's doing a cartwheel. You know, she was, she, it was madness. She was unhinged and it was deeply entertaining. Whereas Priyanka was more in the character. I will be a regal diva. Oh. And, you know, I would do my death drop at the very end. Yeah, and I don't mind that because I, I, you're allowed to drag it up, of course. But there was one point where Priyanka just was thinking and then she just did a massive high kick. And I was like, could you imagine like going to see Celine in Vegas and just imagine what the fuck? I think that to be, for, for, to be honest for me, like it, from the very beginning when Priyanka did that bit where she like stormed to the back of the runway, opened out the wedding dress like a cape and came back up again. I was like, already this is one of the most iconic moments of, of a Drag Race mm. lip sync. And I just think that she she just owned it. Oh, I don't know. It was just, it was spectacular. 
Um, I th- and th- I think that they were both serving it in the face. Even though you are right, Priyanka was kind of like flopping around a bit like a fish out of water, and you kind of couldn't really, you know, she maybe didn't Kiara. really know. Or Kiara, yeah, was kind of flopping mm. around it. I thought she was giving it so much in the face that I was just really invested in her. Yeah, that was the best part about her, I think, yeah. And her outfit really worked with her madness. Um, mm-hmm. She had been up yeah. real late and got, you know, stuck in a fan or something and came out yeah. with <laughs> a black cloth. Did the right person stay? A hundred percent. Priyanka has so much more to give. She's the one I look forward to seeing every single week. She's funny as, you know, the real person uh, in the directs to camera. And then she's great as a drag queen. So for TV, she's gold. It's go for gold, girl. You got this. She's serving diversity. She's, you know, she's so warm and friendly. There's a reason she Mm. presents her for kids. It's just all working for me. Kiara, maybe it's a language barrier. I don't know. When, When she speaks in English, I'm just like... She obviously speaks perfect English, but I, I just don't feel fire. I don't feel, yeah. I don't feel that she's there. You know, she's wearing the beanie in the pieces to camera. Like she's trying to hide. Mm. It's like, let it out, girl. I, I'd agree. I think that it was Kiara's time to go and that Priyanka has a lot more to give to the competition. She is going to, she's going to play through to the very end. I would be surprised if she's not in the top three or top four, however many they, they decide to do. I'm going to say for the record, I would like to go and alter Drag Race, the the Drag Race history record, because I'd like to go back to episode two of Drag Race Canada and give that win from Lemon to Jimbo, because I think Jimbo did better. And I'd like to change Jimbo from being the winner to Lemon, because I think even though Lemon's look wasn't as good, I still think she way performed everybody else in Snatch Game, and I think she deserved this win more than Jimbo. That's provocative. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I just love... Basically, I get so annoyed when people are like, oh, someone's too old, you know. There, there's this kind of fetishization, fetish, people fetishize youth in a way that, that I just find really irritating as I get older. And like Jimbo, I think he's doing it for all them older queens. And he's not even that yeah. old, by the way. But it's just, yeah, I like to see experience trump youth, I guess. Um, also, one other thing is I love how whenever something happens, they're like, this is the first time in Canada's Drag Race history. This is the first Snatch Game in Canada's Drag Race history. It's like, this is the first time we've had a double wig reveal in Canada's Drag Race history. <laughs> it ain't gonna work in season two. We know. It's season one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. One of the, I would say, one of the best episodes of Drag Race history. Yeah, I'd agree. I think so. Um, definitely one of the best Snatch Games we've had in a while. Um, I think that that Joan Rivers and Jojo Siwa just icon- added to that iconic Drag Race Snatch Game lineup. Like, they were just so perfect. In a way, I was kind of surprised that Joan Rivers has never been done before. Like, it actually, it occurred to me. I was like, God, she, she's actually never been done before. And she's such an iconic character. Uh, but Jimbo, I think... I think it's kind of like your Maggie Smith. It's like no one can touch that again. It, it, it has been done too well. I'd say, I don't know. I'd say like if Bianca was to come back for like a Champion of Champions episode, I'd say she could do Joan Rivers because she was good friends with her and she has that bitter, twisted, nasty sense of humor as well that she do. Yeah, really definitely. Well. But it's going to take some sort of an some sort of an a, a, an exceptional icon to be able to like do it better than that. Mm. Um, and that runway. Definitely. I mean, these Canadian girls, by and large, are smashing the runway on Wednesday we'll be back with you we will be speculating who we would like in our All-Star 6 cast now All-Star 5 is wrapped up so stay tuned for that and next week on Drag Race Canada 
they are going to be doing legal advertisements and we have a very special guest we won't say any more about just in case they cancel it's Judge Judy <laughs> <laughs> we want someone with a legal edge yeah. uh, until then make sure you find us on Facebook and Instagram at Pod. no more fancy league anymore you can take a break from worrying about submitting that every week leave us a review if you listen on iTunes thank you very much <laughs> until Wednesday have a lovely bank holiday weekend if you're in Ireland and weekend if you're anywhere else bye this podcast is part of the headstuff podcast network